What is up, my friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about some banging deals that our friends over at Solace Meds have during the month of July. They've got wild night and day gummies. Buy one, get one 50% off. All WANA products, 25% off this month. All Open cured resin cartridges, 20% off. And all green dot concentrates, 20% off. And that's just scratching the surface of all the deals they have this month. So make sure to check them out at one of their four convenient Colorado locations. They've got one in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from us on the DNVR or on Colfax by the DNVR bar. And on top of all of those deals, on top of those deals, if you use the magical code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off. And if you're at the Wheat Ridge location, You'll get a free Solace Bar or King Cone on top of that 20% off, on top of all of those other deals. So make sure to check them out. You can also visit them online at solacemeds.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. And, of course, at checkout, whether you're at online or in-store, use the code DNVR20. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast. I'm your host, Zach Stephen, joined by my man, Andrew Mason, coming live to you from Studio B. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because time and time again, the one thing that can protect you against economic downturn is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers. So go build your toolbox now. If you're out of high school or whether you're in a career and want to change careers or just continue to build that toolbox go do it over with our friends over at msu denver online my boy mace welcome back great to see you my friend it's good to be back first of all since i haven't said it in person at least on air congratulations oh i thank you i appreciate the it engagement congratulations to your both you picked a wonderful spot thank you yes it worked out proposal. it worked out perfectly when she picked the hike i was like man this is gonna be perfect were you at all worried that she would say no not at all. Okay. No, no it, all right. it's actually crazy. I, I can be kind of a nervous person, but yeah. I wasn't nervous at all, thankfully. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. then, you, then, then you chose wisely then. Yes, that's, yeah. That's, it would have awesome. been awkward having to do the hike back down, the drive back home. So thankfully, she didn't say no. <laughs> yeah, this isn't, yeah. And he, he chose a good spot. And that's another thing. Like, I, I like the ball game engagement. I, I have a theory that ball game engagements usually don't work out. <laughs> I'm sure there are some who can counter that and disagree. That's fine. Um that's a perfect spot, and and I think you guys are going to be very happy together. And uh, well, thank you. It's one. It's it's wonderful news. Eleven years, right? Eleven years. Yep, eleven years and counting. <laughs> My wife wouldn't have let me wait eleven years. <laughs> I know. I was I'm, getting I'm the lucky. pressure after like I was getting the pressure after like a year and uh, <laughs> two or three months. So and I then mean, when did it happen? 
Uh, it happened. It actually, the weird thing is it happened by kind of by accident. I hadn't even oh, bought wow. a ring. We were just talking about it. And the next thing you know, like we're just kind of randomly looking up uh, dates and all that. We're put, making reservations. And I said, yeah, you know what this means? We're engaged <laughs> because we just set a date and we have a, and we have a place where we want to do it. And I'm like, I better go buy a ring. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that's hilarious. I love it. It happens oh. all, all the d- different ways. I, I love hearing that. And Mace, congratulations on, uh, Another championship. Mm. Is that a uh, 2021 hat? No, it's still 2020. Okay. I, I I wasted very little time placing the order. The funny thing is, like, my parents didn't know what to get me. And so, you know, my, they got me cash for my birthday last month. And they're like, what are you going to spend it on? I said, well, if the Lightning can finish it off, I know exactly. <laughs> it's all going toward merch for the championship. And so in the hours after, I was just... I, put my purchase on there on yep. fanatics. And yep. so I'm waiting for it. If I, if I didn't have to come back here for the show, I wish I would be, I was at the boat parade right now in Tampa because is that today that's going on r- literally oh. right now. The lightning is cruising up the Hillsborough river in Tampa. And it's funny, like the things that we get out of pandemic, out of this pandemic and how everything has changed in Tampa because they've had three, literally three championships in the last year. They had to do the boat parade at first because it was social distancing. Now I think they've happened upon something they're going yeah. to do if and when there are any more championships. Although with three titles in the in Tampa in the last uh, in the last ten months, you know, I mean, sometimes you don't get three titles in decades. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you can't can't guarantee there's going to be more. But it's pretty it's pretty sweet. And uh, having followed the Lightning from their ex- inception. And their their expansion days, which were a little bit crazy, and what they've went th- what they went through in the first decade or so of the franchise to see where where they are and how far that club has come compared to where it started to where it started from back in uh, it was awarded in 1990. The first game was in 1992. It blows my mind that they are where they are. That they are the standard bearer of the NHL right now, and one yeah. of the and one of the great franchises in sports, considering that this was a, a franchise where cash was an issue. Uh, literally, they tried to, uh, they, they once argued about a smudged fax in a free agent, the Chris Gratton thing back in, I believe, 1997. Broncos know about fax mistakes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they had all these, they had they had bad ownership. They were literally for a while owned by the Japanese mafia. I kid you not. Wow. wow. Yes, literally, literally. And then owned by a, a guy who spoke like a revival preacher and sold the team after a year. It's it's a it's a franchise and a fan base. It's been through an awful lot, but there's sitting here on the mountaintop. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. You, you never, you know, you, you, you never take it for granted, of course, but sports has the highs and lows. The lightning wins. Ronald Acuna tears his ACL. England loses in a shootout last last night. Yeah, what a game. Oh, man. I mean, it's just, I feel like from a sports perspective, I've been to the mountaintop and I've been to the lowest of lows <laughs> in the last about 100 hours or so. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's it's part of the experience. It's part of the ride, right? I mean, what a, what a weekend in sports for, especially considering none of it revolved mm-hmm. around Denver sports. It was all just other things. Right. You know, the All-Star Game festivities, the fight on Saturday night, which mm-hmm. was just popping. I heard you were, bar. I heard you were yes. downstairs, yes. Jack. Yes, it was, uh, I mean, it was so much fun. Yeah. It was so cool. Uh, and then, of, of course, you had the soccer game yesterday 
which the bar was also popping for. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it's it's a cool time because sometimes in the summer, Mace, there's just nothing going on, especially with the Rockies with where they're at. So it was cool to kind of have a revival of sports for a little bit. Maybe DNVR soccer needs to be a thing. Mm, well, you know, this was a uh, soccer pub back in the day. I know, but uh, maybe Saturday mornings, Premier League. Mm. On home game weekends, me sitting downstairs at a bar stool watching Manchester City. I'm just saying. What we've seen, what we've yeah. seen so far is the bar can embrace that. Yeah. No doubt there's about room, that. There's room for all of it here. Yes, there <laughs> is. And Mace, there was a little bit of Broncos news this weekend. Von Miller talked with Mike Kliss, mm-hmm. uh, and Mike put out a big article with a with right. a lot of what they said. And a big takeaway from that was, Mace, we've talked about Von Miller this past year. Is he going to be on the team this year? If he's on the team, well, he's entering a contract year. Could this be his final season in town? We've been talking about that for about a year now. Yep. Was last year his his final year? Turns out it wasn't. Now, is this year his final year? We're going to be talking about that for a while. But Vaughn, that's not where his head is at. He says he wants to play five to seven more years despite being 32 years old right now. He And the reason for that is he's having his son, which he's talked about a mm-hmm. lot this offseason, supposed to be born in about the next month or so. And he says he wants his son to be able to watch him play football, which I think is, a, is an awesome dream for every athlete to have, to, to have their kids watch them play and remember it. And so he says that's like five to seven years down the road. And so he wants to play for five to seven years. So in Vaughn's eyes, we're not talking about, you know, is this year the last year of his career? Is this year the last year of him mm-hmm. being a Bronco? His contract says it could be that, but he's saying, no, no, no. I'm thinking way down the road. Yeah, and I think kind of the key thing is not just watch, but watch and remember. Because, of course, I mean, right. I'm sure his infant son will be at some games this year. But mm-hmm. a kid, is it's not going to mean anything if your dad is playing a sport until you get to about four, five, six years old. Right. So that that really does mean five to seven years uh, down the line. And it's not without precedent because when I think about Vaughn mm. talking about five to seven years, the, the name that immediately pops in my mind just retired uh, after the 2018 season. I covered him in Carolina. That's Julius Peppers. Yep. And Pep played 17 seasons. Ooh. Now, of course, what happened was he ended up leaving Carolina after eight years in free agency, went to Chicago, went on to Green Bay, finally came back at the end. And the thing, and, and How many, par- was he just there one year at the end? No, came back for two. two. Came back okay. for two. Came back. He, and it was, it, the, the evolution of Pep was fascinating. And I, and obviously freakish athlete, kind of like, uh, kind of like Vaughn is. I mean, I think a, a, the only big difference is that Vaughn, has had two major injuries now right? in his first 10 years in the NFL. If you look at Julius Peppers, he missed four games as a rookie. He missed a couple of games in 07. That was it. He literally only missed six games in his entire career. So Pep was able to go on for 17 years, in part because he was blessed with really good health. Right. Vaughn hasn't had that now. Does that, that doesn't mean he can't go on and have the same type of career. It does mean that there is kind of that big difference between the two of them in terms of injury history. But you look at kind of at, at what Pep did after his after he turned 32. What he did in his last seven, in his last 7 years starting with uh, the 2012 season in Chicago. 11 and a half, 7 7 10 and a half, 7 and a half, 11 and 5 were his sack totals. 
he kind of embraced being a different player. He accepted right. that he wasn't what he was early on in his career when he was putting up a 14-and-a-half season, a sack season, 13-sack season. He accepted that he wasn't that, and he wasn't that, and he changed. And by the end of his career, Zach, he was a pass rush specialist. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he, he only started 13 games in his last thir- two years when he came back to Carolina. He was a guy who came in in sub packages. He was a pa- he was a, a pass rush specialist, but he did that well and he embraced a different role. If Vaughn can embrace that different role and embrace you know playing fewer snaps, being right. more of a specialist, why can't he play five to seven more years? Yeah, there, there's no reason not to. And Mesa, the talking about that pass specialist role really reminds me of Vaughn Miller and the conversations right. we've had with him over the last couple of years, even dating back two years from now. Uh, he was talking about, you know, is, is being 30 catching up to you? Do you feel it? And he said, no, here's when you know that I will be feeling my age and not necessarily mm-hmm. slowing down, but needing to adjust is when I am a pass rush specialist, when yeah. I'm not an every down player, when I'm there on third down. So that told me, okay, he has a willingness to accept that role when he's ready for it. He's not ready for it now, obviously. He's not ready for that this year mm-hmm. because you're not paying a guy $20 million and he's not coming back on a revenge tour being a third down guy. So not this year, but does that take place next year and moving forward for those five to seven years? Kind of like you talked about Julius Peppers. And he mm-hmm. averaged what in in those last five years? About 10 sacks, maybe nine sacks per season? Yeah, let me, if I, you want me to add up or just kind of just Yeah, it, it's about that, right? Yeah, it's about, it's about eight and a half, nine, nine sacks. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it is okay. For the right price, for the right role. But this year is not it. And that's, again, Mace, why I just get so frustrated when I hear people say, Von Miller, man, if he can get 10 sacks this year, that would be awesome. No, it wouldn't be awesome. He needs to be better than that. You're paying him big time. He's going to be playing big time. He's not going to just be in on on specialist roles. So he needs a big season this year. But talking about a couple years from now, Von Miller flirting with 10 sacks and being happy with that, that is absolutely realistic and something that the Broncos would absolutely embrace as well. Yeah, and in 2019 played 79% of the snaps, 2018 played 78%. His career snap percentage since 2014, 2013, of course, was the year they was hurt. Right. Like his The last six seasons he's played, he's played anywhere between 78 and 86% of snaps. A lot. Yes, he's played a lot. Now, it's funny to look back on how we know Wade Phillips liked to rotate liberally in terms of the edge rushers. Right. But in 2016, for example, Wade's second season as defensive coordinator, Vaughn still played 81% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. And we know Vic is the opposite. He doesn't right. like to rotate. He likes to right. keep his guys out there. And this is something where I would hope Vic has some flexibility here. Because Vaughn coming off coming off the injury and having the rehab, yeah, he looks to be in good shape, but he's still an eleven year guy right. coming off an that. injury. Do you think, in terms of getting him down to seventy or seventy five percent, he's back? Yeah, had to. Right, had to get in today. Do you think, in terms of getting him down to that number? Look, you got Malik Reed. Malik Reed showed last year he's a trustworthy player to play a good chunk of snaps. Yep. So, I would think Malik gives you the capability if Vic is willing to kind of be flexible on how he wants to use his edges to give Vaughn a rest. But the problem is, 
who benefits from that? And that's where the contract situation comes into play. Because mm-hmm. it's possible that you could be giving him some rest, keeping him fresher, and the beneficiary of that could be, oh, should I do the worst case scenario or just do a bad scenario? Hit me with both. Okay, the worst case scenario is Von Miller, Kansas City Chief. Oh no! The, the bad, like uh, the bad scenario is you know just Von going to a team that is is more clearly ready to to contend. That's that's there right now. Maybe he goes to Arizona, like Von okay. Von Miller, Arizona Cardinal, because Kyler Murray has emerged in their defense. Wants one more Next thing. To J.J. Watt. Yeah, although I don't know if Vaughn would want to play for Vance Joseph again, although he did have a really good season with VJ mm-hmm. back in 2018. That was his last big yep. sack year. Or, you know, because Tampa Bay just keeps finding ways to make people fit. Jason Pierre-Paul <laughs> perhaps retires. Oh, we'll just go get Vaughn Miller. Sure, yeah. Okay, I'd be okay. Personally, I'd be okay with that. Because but I know Tom Denver, says he's Denver, played another five to seven years or something crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where, honestly, with Vaughn, if you bring, there's a couple of things in play. Number one, how much do you want to pay? Number two... I, you know, some people are going to cringe at bringing up this name. If Aaron Rodgers is a Bronco, I think the Bron- the chances of Von Miller being back with Denver, double. I agree. I agree because I, I think Von will want to win. Right. I think Von will be more open to taking a hometown discount. And what we've seen to this point, Mace, is Von has not been open to taking any type of hometown discount. You mm-hmm. can go back to when he got his contract. There was no hometown discount there. They set the record for a defensive player's contract in history, and that held for two years. Now, he wasn't willing to take a pay cut this last year. We know the Broncos asked him to, and he said no. So maybe that's what gets him to take a pay cut because there was no Peyton Manning back when he was in 2016 getting the new contract. Peyton had retired by then. There's right now no no quarterback that is established that can prove that they can be a champion now, so he didn't take a pay cut. Maybe that's what changes. Yeah, and Vaughn, if you kind of look at the people that he leans on, the people who've made him who he is, the guys at the top of the list are Elvis Dumerville and DeMarcus Ware. Right. And obviously, with Doom, it wasn't what anyone wanted. You had the facts thing. That second thing, time now, the facts instance come up. Yeah. But Doom goes to Baltimore and is an all-pro. DeMarcus leaves Dallas for Denver. Yep. Kind of the point being, these guys all had excellent second acts. The I mean, Elvis didn't get the ring with Baltimore, but he continued playing at the high level that we knew he could play at in Denver. By the way, Elvis should be a ring of famer. That's another podcast entirely. <laughs> um, and then DeMarcus, even though he was starting to, he was battling injuries and he was rotated out a little more liberally than Vaughn. You can see that in their playtime percentages uh, when the two of them were together in Denver. Uh, he is arguably remembered as much as a Bronco as he is as a Cowboy because he was part of a Super Bowl team. And so the reason why I bring those guys up is Vaughn will not be afraid of moving on. He's not scared to go someplace new because the two guys that, again, that kind of made him who he is as a pass rusher and kind of taught him, the showed him the ropes, taught him how to be a pro, they left and certainly things worked out very well for both Elvis and D-Ware. Yeah, and those are people that he's still very close with now, so they could give him that advice. Hey, Vaughn, it's going to be very difficult to leave but it doesn't mean it's the wrong decision. So you hope that it doesn't come to that right. because you hope that Aaron Rodgers gets traded here and Vaughn says, holy cow, I want to end my career here. And so then the question comes, comes, which is the headline of our show, 
Should the Broncos extend mm-hmm. Von Miller? And Mace, I want to get your answer to that. But first, I got to tell you guys about our friends over at Chevalier Mortgage because right now it is stressful to buy a home. And if you've attempted this process, you know exactly what we're talking about. The housing market is absolutely bonkers right now. I think I just saw the average home price in Denver is $725,000, which is just insane. But let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take some of that burden off of this difficult process for you. They will alleviate so much stress and worry off your plate because the Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. So if you want to refinance, check them out as well. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind, and they can look at your entire financial picture because Mike is a certified financial planner, meaning he can look at just more than just an interest rate as well. And they have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you visit them at DNVR, dnvrmortgage.com enter you'll enter to win a free dnvr shirt or hat of your choice when you do and most importantly you'll get signed up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options over at dnvrmortgage.com you can even give them a call at 303-257-6578 or visit them at dnvrmortgage.com get set up with that free consultation and of course get entered to win some free dnvr swag also want to tell you about our friends over at breckenridge brewery the official beer of dnvr and guess what we've told you about the good company hard seltzers, they're being sold in the DNVR bar. So come on down here and get some of those Breckenridge Brews Brew hard seltzers uh, from with a good company name on it. You know we love our beers and seltzers from Breck Brew, but what we love even more is the fact that Breckenridge Brewery has teamed up with the National Parks Conservation Association this year. The tragic fires in Colorado last year were absolutely devastating for so many. This is one of the many reasons why Breck will donate 1% of all their profits this summer to the National Parks Conservation Association. So if you buy one pint or one pack of Breck Brews, you are donating that 1% of the profits to the great outdoors. We're going to have some great events here at the DMVR to promote this. Come on down, have a Breck Brew or a good company heart seltzer, and come away with some awesome swag from Breck Brew. You can also enter to win a $30,000 escape pod trailer if you head to their website and enter to win. Just go to breckbrew.com slash ingoodco. That's breckbrew.com slash ingoodco for more details on winning that $30,000 skate pod trailer. Good luck, and be sure to tag us and our friends at Breckenridge Brewing when you submit your entry to win. And as always, supporting our partners and supporting us and supporting Breck Brew is something easy to do. There's something for everybody there. If you like fruit beers like I do, Strawberry Sky is going to scratch your itch. But if you like IPAs, they've got you taken care of, stouts, everything. That's the beauty of Breck Brew. They They have such a good and wide array of beers that they really do offer something for everybody. And don't forget about the Farmhouse, their restaurant down in Littleton right off Santa Fe. It's at their brewery called 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. for pickup and use that magical code DNVR to save $5. They'll bring your order out to your car for you or go ahead and dine in. They're open for full dine-in service down at the Farmhouse in Littleton right off Santa Fe. Also, make sure to check out the DNVR bar. I mean, this weekend was so cool because it shows that people want to come hang out here even if there's not sporting events in Denver going on. We already knew that it was the best place in town. It best place in the universe to watch Denver sports but now it's just the coolest place to hang out and so come down here and when you do if you're a member get a member beer you get 22 ounces for the price of 16 ounces we so many of us are hanging out here for every single event that's going on come say hi we love meeting you and also when you join our family you'll get a free 
t-shirt of your choice with an annual membership. All you have to do is go to thednvr.com, join our family, and the perks are endless. You get access to our members-only Discord. You get to be on Three Ring Circus as our Red Zone guest. By the way, if you want to get in on Red Zone, hit me up and I'll throw you on the wait list. It is so much fun. The, the, the benefits are endless to joining our family. And when you do, also, make sure to drop into the comment section and say hello, introduce yourself, because we love to get to know you guys. But before we get into the comment section, Mace, got to ask you the question that is the headline of this show. Mm -hmm. Should the Broncos extend Von Miller this offseason? No. Okay. Not yet. Okay. Why so? He's coming off the injury, and obviously he's, he's very confident, and we know that he looks good in practice, but you have to see it in the games. You've got to you've got to see it when it counts. You've got to see how it holds how he holds up. And also, you are coming off of a the last full season he had being eight sacks in 15 games. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're right. So that's then, why I, I just I, I get why. Okay, maybe you get a discount right now, but I don't think he can do it yet on good conscience. Okay, so then you said you want to see it in a game. In we, games, we not know. just one game. I'm not, sure, I'm not sitting sure, there sure. saying, oh, we sacked Daniel Jones four times. Let's give him an extension. <laughs> Even though you know if he has that kind of game in week one, all of oh, Broncos yeah. country is going to be saying, sign him up, sign him up. Oh, without, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. But let's say you can still sign him to an extension many weeks after the season. Mm-hmm. So what if I change the question to instead of this off season, what if I said this year? This calendar year. Mm-hmm. If he's doing well, then I if he's doing well, he's healthy and he shows a willingness to come back, but also not a break the bank type of thing. Again, this is going to be accounting for age. But if he's on pace to have 12 to have anywhere say 12, 13 sacks and you and he's willing to sign a deal that is that is reflective of what he will become, then I think you try to do it in December. Kind of like Chris Harris Jr. back in 2014, right. getting him done in December. And yes, Chris did give, give a hometown discount. but And then he was not happy He was about not happy it about it. <laughs> right. Now, I, I think with Vaughn, it's got to be the right kind of contract to where if he, if he doesn't have the Julius Peppers arc, if he does suffer some injuries and doesn't maintain that durability – you have to structure it in a way to where you can get out of it. So it's got to be big money hitting early, perhaps, and the guarantee hitting early to know, okay, if we can get out of this after two years, we can. But, yeah, if he has a good season, I think you're willing to do that. If he's willing to take something that reflects where the actuarial tables, so to speak, indicate he's going to go. So like we talked about in the first segment, I think there's a route for this, but I think it involves Aaron Rodgers being on the team in order to get what you're talking about that and helps. for Vaughn to take that. Or Drew Locke or Terry Bridgewater being the answer. Right. So the team, had there, there's other factors that would have to be in play to allow that to happen. With it just focusing on Vaughn, though, I find it hard if he's having a great season to be able to get a hometown discount from him in December if those other things aren't there. Mm -hmm. But what if I throw you out a very similar contract that we just saw this offseason? I think it's something that the Broncos should do that I would advocate for doing, Mace, which may shock some people saying I'm up for extending Vaughn right now. 
But it's the contract J.J. Watt got this offseason. J.J. Watt, a very similar player, very similar in his career projection. J.J. obviously was fantastic with the best defensive player in the game. Three out of four years, he won defensive MVP early Mm. in his career. Von Miller, fantastic player. No one questions either of those guys, how they played in their primes. But we know in Denver what's happened to Von the past couple of years. Eight sacks in the last two seasons. Didn't play at all last year. J.J. Watt the past two years. Hasn't been good, Mace. Two years ago, four sacks. Last year, five sacks. It's bigger than that because the five-year trend on him is that he he's had five seasons where he had 16 sacks one year, mm-hmm. and in the other four seasons had 10 and a half. Right. Combined. Right. E- exactly. But two years ago, Von Miller had 14 and a half sacks. That was one of his best years of his career. Right. Two years ago... J.J. Watt had 16 sacks, so you can really see how these guys are. Okay, they showed a couple years ago they still have some elite in them, but then have dropped off. Well, J.J. Watt, although he hit free agency and had to get a contract in free agency, he just got a two-year, $28 million contract, $14 million a year. That's still a lot of money, Yeah, but that's a contract that I would think about with Vaughn. And now it'd be an extension, so it's adding to this year. So that number, that average value, you can kind of convince yourself that it would go up. But if you're talking about extending Vaughn, adding two years, $28 million onto his deal now, I'm open to that because I think you're, you're taking a risk with injuries with any player. But man, it and then the expectations come down to, okay, if he's getting 10 sacks, he's living up to that. Because right now, J.J. Watt, in terms of edge players in the NFL, He's the 21st highest paid edge rusher in the NFL right now. Mm. And to me, it's like, okay, you, you, do, you shouldn't expect elite out of that, but you're also not paying elite. Right. What about four years, 56 million, 30 million guaranteed? So effectively, it's a little, it's a two year deal where you can get out of it reasonably with little cap consequence. After that second year. So you're talking, what is that, uh, 14 annual? It's as 14 well? a year. So you're just doubling You're, what you're I put doubling out there. it, and you're basically, you're giving a little more because that's why I, threw, I said 30 million guaranteed. Because if Watt plays out that deal, he's going to make 28 million guaranteed. So I'm right. giving a little, a little bit, or maybe even say something like 35 million guaranteed. Uh, no. I, I'm okay, out. that's the right, line you're not crossing. Right now, and the reason for that is because we're talking about two guaranteed years after this year. And I'm also talking about in what I would do right now. Okay. And like you, Mace, if it's going to be a, a huge contract, I do need to see it. So maybe this is something that I'm open to if he's having a mm-hmm. huge season this year. But I don't view that necessarily as a hometown discount anymore. So I would give him that contract in December. But there's a chance that let's say first week of December, he's sitting at 11, 12 sacks with three or four games left. And he's saying, look, I could be close to 15 sack guy. I'm not taking 14 million a season. He may turn that down. Right. And that's where the quarterback comes into play and how the team is looking overall. Because if he's doing well, but... The Broncos are kind of skulking along at seven and six. It's Bridgewater or Locke. They're just okay. They don't look like they're long-term franchise quarterbacks. Then I think he passes because of that. I think he start. let's say Dak Prescott has a great year in Dallas. I think he, for example, may start casting his eyes to his home area of the Metroplex. Mm. Maybe doing the reverse to Marcus Ware. Right, exactly. Yeah, that would uh, that would certainly hurt Broncos fans' hearts. That would, that that would, especially because Dak Prescott is the guy that you might have had, but 
you pulled off the trade up for Paxton Lynch and Mm -hmm. the Cowboys wanted to pull off that deal in 2016 and didn't. And so they settled for Dak Prescott. Yeah. It would hurt on, that would hurt on many levels. It would. That would, oh man, that's almost as bad as Kansas City. Yeah. (laughs) Because of all the circumstances that set it up. At least send him to the NFC and not Kansas City though. Yes. Yes. To where you only see Vaughn. And actually, if Vaughn went to Dallas, God forbid, if he goes to Dallas, you wouldn't see him unless the, it lined up in terms of the 17th game. Right. You wouldn't see him until 25. Yeah, exactly. So you may not end up seeing him. So that may take oh, the sting off. Instead oh. of seeing him twice a year with Patrick Mahomes. Or maybe if it's the Julius Peppers arc, he comes back right. for his final couple of years. And <laughs> right. if he did leave and he wanted to play five to seven years, I wouldn't put it past Von Miller coming back to Denver Man, at the end the way Pep did. That would be something. Okay. Okay. Now obviously Don't close the uh, you don't close Hey, no, you don't close any no, doors ever. No. With with a guy like Von. No. Yeah, absolutely don't. You don't at all. And may speaking of these quarterbacks, Von was asked about the quarterback situation mm-hmm. and asked about Aaron Rodgers by Mike Kliss. Yeah. and he here's what he said. He said, "What have I heard?" First and foremost, I'm comfortable with Drew. I'm comfortable with Teddy. George Payton and John Elway, if A-Rod is out there for us to get him, those are the two guys to have on the job. John Elway's <laughs> done a great job of working the big-time guys before Payton and DeMarcus and Akeeb, uh-huh. all these other guys. So if there's a big guy to be had, GP and John Elway are the two to put on it, and if and they can get it done. If it can't, I'm comfortable with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. They've impressed the hell out of me and impress the hell out of everyone during OTAs. So I'm super excited for those guys. Another year for Drew Locke. I think this will be the time for him to turn it on. So either way we go, it's looking bright for us. You know what? I think it's fair to take Vaughn's comments about quarterbacks on the roster with a grain of salt because he he's a positive guy. <laughs> we know that. he's pra- He's praised... To some degree, every quarterback the Broncos have had since Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Praised Trevor. Mm-hmm. Had some kind words about Paxton. Praised Flacco. Praised, praised Keenum. Praised Locke. So, I wouldn't go taking what Vaughn said about Drew and Teddy. He's like, oh, wow, they've got this Pressing the hell out of them. Yes. I, Vaughn, I, Vaughn wants to believe. Oh, of course. And again, he's, he is a positive guy. When in terms in terms of hope for what he hopes for for his team every year, yep. he wants to believe. But so then, what I, you're but, saying? Uh, but what yes, you should take is the Aaron Rodgers part of this. I think the Aaron, yeah, he basically saying what we know that especially with John Elway, you have people you you have somebody who has made some big deals. Now, I think it's interesting because George Payton, people may say, okay, he's kind of a. Con, he's he's conservative in terms of how he attacks things. You know, there's the whole thing of the comment about Pat Sertan II being the safe option at nine. And so there's the thought that he's conservative. But at the same time, just because they did things a certain way in Minnesota doesn't mean he's going to do the things that way here. Some of what he does here is going to be a reaction to the arc of things in Minnesota. You know, they've been good, but they haven't won at all. Why? Well, they've been Kirk cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. You know, or you know, Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt. The closest the Vikings ever came to a Super Bowl when George Payton was in that building was when 
Brett Favre fell into their lap yep. in training camp of 2009. And then they go on that run, and if Favre doesn't make that dumb decision in the Superdome with that great Paul Allen call, why are you passing? <laughs> this is for the Super Bowl. This isn't Detroit. If you ever heard down NFL films, I love that call. It's just so, it's just so angry fan on the part of the Vikings play-by-play guy, yep. Paul Allen. But I digress. But that's the closest they came. And so if you're Peyton, are you looking at how things went in Minnesota and saying, we were good, we accumulated a lot of talent, but we need the guy to push us over the top. Now, then the question becomes, what is he willing in term, to sacrifice in terms of draft capital, player right. capital, to make it happen? But how do we know that Peyton doesn't look at what happened in Minnesota and say, oh, if Aaron Rodgers is available, we need to try to get him? Yeah. And, and everything we've heard, Mace, yeah. is that they will be very interested. And a little Aaron Rodgers update. Uh, the most recent comment we heard was he said, again, he's going to enjoy the hell out of this week that, yeah. that he's having with golf. Uh, and then he's going to think about his future in a couple of weeks. Figure so, things out in a couple of weeks. What it means, when he Mace, said, is yeah. we're, we're not going to know until training camp, if then. When he said that, going to figure things out in a couple of weeks, and I just thought back to the old Gary Kubiak quote, we're fixing to find out. Yeah, yes, we are. <laughs> and I also thought that uh, hopefully news doesn't break on my vacation next week then because oh. I think it's going to be a couple of weeks. I do think oh. Aaron Rod- I think there's nothing that Aaron Rodgers is pressing right now. No, I, I don't think it happens until at least in anything, there's any movement until training camp. Unless, I, unless he shows up in Green Bay, but I don't think he's showing up in Green Bay at the start of camp. I really like the yeah. date you set a couple of weeks ago. Mm. You said over under August 8th. I love that. I think I, that's a great date. I chose that date because it would be the most insane date for things to happen. And also, it's midway through camp. Preseason games start the following week. August 8th is a day that Peyton Manning goes into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And actually, we're going to hear from Peyton Manning this week. He's doing his Hall of Fame conference call mm-hmm. on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. So we're going to hear a little from Peyton about uh, going to the Hall of Fame. And, uh, boy, I'm I'm really ex- I'm, I'm I'm thrilled beyond words to be able to listen to Peyton speak in a few weeks. That's going to be a fun night. Oh, yes. It's certainly going to be fun. And May, speaking of fun, this podcast has been fun. We're done with the live part, but we're going to jump over to the comment section over in podcast. So if you're tuning in live right now, why don't you join us on the podcast side of things? Just search Broncos anywhere you find podcasts. will be the first one that pops up, and you'll get this entire show. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. We would really appreciate it. Subscribe. Turn on alerts if you want to know anytime we're going live. But thank you guys so much for tuning on the live. Mace, let's jump into the comments section. First, let me tell you about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. And look, you know how much we love you joining us on the pod, listening and being a member at DMVR if that if you are. But you've been letting us down lately. Yep, we said it. Our longest and most loyal partner to date, Strava Craft Coffee, has not felt the love lately. So we need to change that. And they're offering a new code to everyone. You know about the code DMVR20. Well, let's crank it up. You can get 25% off your first purchase at Strava using that magical code DNVR25. You know, we pretty much run off a of coffee here, but it's infused with CBD. That's one of the big things at Strava Craft Coffee, and that can help with so many ailments. Starts with headaches. For me, for example, CD, CBD has been tremendous. Check out the Strava Craft Coffee reviews, and you'll be blown away with people's stories about how Strava has helped them. They'll deliver straight to your door, and you can also subscribe and get 20% off every purchase for life. So go on over to StravaCraft, StravaCoffee.com. That's S-T-R-A-V-A, 
coffee.com today and try out their delicious CBD infused coffee and use that code DMVR25 at checkout for the one time savings. And it's a good chance to try it. But if you want to have one beverage before you commit to anything with Strava, come on down to the DMVR bar if you're in Denver and try their cold brew. We've got the very finest of their cold brew on tap here at the DNVR bar. Come on in and try it sometime. You won't be disappointed. Of course, CBD, like I said, helps with headaches. For some people, it's joint pains, IBS, so much more. And you know what? No coffee jitters if you want three or four cups a day. So check out Strava Craft Coffee. If you want to subscribe, if you like, if you had it, you like it, want to subscribe, then you can get 20% off for life by subscribing and get it delivered on a schedule every two, four, six, or eight weeks. If you want to try it once, either come on down to the DMVR bar, have some of that cold brew, or use that code DMVR25 and have an order at StravaCoffee.com and get 25%. Our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook are turning up the heat right now with the NBA Finals on deck. They're giving you a chance to turn $1 into $150 in site credits. All you have to do is pick one of the two remaining teams in the finals right now, and if they win, you win $150 in site credits. They are our sponsor, or they're our partner. We have a great partnership with DraftKings. I mean, they did something awesome at the bar. If you came by the bar this past weekend, you were entered into win $250. They were, of course, giving you 264 to 1 odds in the fight on Saturday. They They are a great partner of us, and we love them. And they're giving you a chance to win $150 in site credits, so that's all you have to do. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $150 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team that you think is going to win, and if they do, you get $150 in free site credits. That's promo code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time only. Only DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also want to tell you about Hassle Cattle Company, which has that blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu beef that every man or woman can afford. And you can order some of that blue-collar Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar. That's right. We couldn't resist putting this damn good beef in the bar. You can now come on down, build your delicious Hassle Cattle Wagyu beef burger, add all the top- toppings you want, and enjoy our watch parties or just a night out at the DNVR bar with some of that delicious beef. Certainly, our friend Shelby Harris approved of that the way he loved his yeah. Hassle Cattle Company burger here at the DNVR bar. And Hassle is also now offering you Buy three, get one free on their flank steaks. They're lean, they're very flavorful, they're great for carne asada. They should be thinly sliced against the grain when carving. And if you marinate, do carne asada, put them on the grill, they are tremendous, and they're super affordable. $9.99 a piece, and now you can buy three and get one free by using that code DNVRFLANK at checkout. That's D-N-V-R-F-L-A-N-K at checkout for buy three, get one free. And of course, don't forget that code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. They've got New York Strip, Beef Bacon, Wagyu Smoked Sausage, Frank's with no fillers, and two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. They've got great ground beef as well if you want to turn it into some burgers. Use that code DNVR20 or DNVR10, pardon me, for 10% off your order and get that order $200 and you're going to get free shipping. Go to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. And use that code DMVR10 for 10% off. Get that order $200, get free shipping. That's like another 10, 20% off, really. And if you want some flank steaks, DNVR flank for buy three, get one free on those delicious flank steaks for $9.99 a piece at Hassle Cattle Company. 
All right, Mace, let's hop into the comment section. First one coming from Miss Quill. Saw Albright tweet today that Locke was second in the league behind Rodgers in play-action pass attempts without a pick at 103 with a passer rating of 112 and a half. Can't we run play action every down? First and 10, third and 12, even fourth and 29. Obviously, a ton of factors go into being able to run play action effectively. But what do you think Drew was so dreadful without it last season? 35th in passer rating. Well, basically, every quarterback should be able to do play action really well Mm. because it's keeping the defense on its heels and forcing them to account for the run before they drop into coverage. So, it's something that you like to use. You can't use it on every down because then they're going to be able to kind of scout it and figure out some tendencies and some and some tricks and some and maybe some some tips that you're getting uh, from the O line and the way they're set. But the other, but the thing is, every quarterback, it's it's something that you should be able to do well because it does put the defense off balance a little bit, and that's why uh, it, it's good for Drew that he can do that well, but. If he doesn't do well when he's not in play action, because there are times you can't do that. There are times you just got to drop back, grip it, and rip it. And there are times when you can, if you if you're in third and twelve and you run play action, hmm. the defense isn't going to re isn't going to bite on the play fake. They're right. not going to hesitate. Right. Yeah. You would you would probably see that number come down if they ran it every right. single play. Yeah. Um, but it's not a surprise that that hmm. Drew likes. Throwing on the run, and I think that's the biggest takeaway here is get Drew on the move more often. It doesn't have to be a play action, but just have him roll right. Mace, what are one of what's one of the things that we've seen Drew struggle with? Being able to read the whole field and do it in a quick, timely manner. He likes to hit his first read and then take off. Why don't you just send him? So if you're sticking with him, and as he develops into a quarterback, obviously if he's going to be a successful quarterback, he's going to have to be able to see the whole field. Mm-hmm. But as he's learning that and developing. Why not have him be on the move so that he only has two options and he's already on the move. He likes to run. You're making it easy for him. I think that's why he benefited so much off play actions because it Mm -hmm. cut the field in half, cut the field even in a third for him to be able to make an easier choice. If you're going with Drew, help him that way and know that it's going to take him a little bit to see the whole field and process quickly. So help him and get him on the move. So I think that's a a great point there. Uh, And uh, Mesa, I I liked your point as well. Next one from Jason 17. Zach, my man, you won the draft in my books. Thank you. Not many people agree with us, Jason, Mm. but I appreciate it. He says the office and Chuck absolute steals of the draft. So now Mesa, that you're here, give me your top five TV shows of all time. Well, I got I got raked over the coals a little bit for this, but I mean, I, I looked at like Nate's draft, like that he had that involved Seinfeld, The Simpsons, and Curb Your Enthusiasm. I thought he won it in a walk. Yeah, with I, those three I, alone, I thought you would have uh, had him winning it all. Yeah, but it's kind of a generational thing, right? Um, right. And also, as people have pointed out, are you rating comedies? Are you rating dramas? Different strokes for, for different folks. But I mean, for me, those three are kind of, uh, are kind of at the, are kind of at the top. Um, man, I I just the part of the problem also with me is I haven't seen enough episodic television over the last uh, over the last twenty years or so, because that's like watching. You know, regular TV is kind of, you know, that isn't sports. It's kind of the thing that's fallen by the wayside for me in my professional life mm. uh, as a result. Because, you know, it takes a lot of time to do what we do here. And uh, it's not, I, I'd rather relax by watching a game. I'm kind of boring that way. So I think um, most of us <clears throat> take that way as well. Yeah. So, and I also find this 
when I have a game on, I can do something else. I can write. I can I can kind of concentrate on something else and just have it on the background. If I have on a TV show, I have to concentrate on it. And I don't really have, I find, I don't really have that much time. There are other things I'd rather do. So that's why my list kind of skews toward uh, old school stuff. I mean, if we're talking, again, like we're talking about quality, for example, I, All in the Family was an amazing show in the 70s. Mm. And if we're talking about all time, I have to put it in the top five. Oh, um, okay. I like it. And one I've never heard of. I mean, yeah, I'm all in the family. Yeah, and look it up. <laughs> um, and I, I all, and I love Cheers when it was on in the '80s. So yeah, again, kind of old school. All, all those shows made their uh, so Curb is the latest one, and that's really the only show in the last two decades that I've really kind of make sure I watch. But there's real, there's a relatively low commitment for that. It's ten half hour shows in a season. Oh yeah, or that twelve, ten or twelve. Yeah, so. Uh, you can you can binge watch it. I mean, or just you know, or, or just pick it up in a cu- couple of binges. Like you can do it whole season in a couple of three hour stints. Boom, done. And it's kind of it's just if you like the humor of Seinfeld, you're going to love Curb. It's kind of the graduate level uh, style, uh, graduate level course in that style of humor. So, <sighs> I like it. That's a yeah. that's a good top five. Mason Melbourne Bronco chimes in as well. He yeah. says, "Hi guys, another awesome three ring circus. Just thought I'd throw my five choices mm-hmm. in for TV shows not selected. Frasier, Frasier, stamp of Frasier. Mace. It's funny. Like his first two, Frasier and the West Wing would be the ones that just missed the cut for me. Okay, but they're shows that I love. Okay, and West Wing, especially the first four seasons, and Frasier, the first five seasons are amazing. Yeah." Yeah, I, I take your word yeah. for it. Sons of Anarchy. Never seen it. Me neither. Monday Night Football. Ooh, we not forget if we're going to like sports and news shows. Okay, I don't consider this a show. Right it, now, if we were in terms of important programs in the history of American television, Monday Night Football is probably one of the ten most important programs in the medium's history because yeah. it basically made prime time sports possible mm. on broadcast networks. I mean, now, for example, look at what we see from the, the broadcast networks. We see, you know, we see on ABC has basically turned over its Saturday nights to sports, right? It's college football. And then it's the NBA uh, as they get into the regular season. Uh, we, we see college football popping up on, 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 on broadcast networks on Saturday nights all, all the time. We see, you know, now Thursday night football as well, Sunday night football. The, 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 how shall I put this? The wide array of, of options for sports on the big four broadcast networks in primetime started with Monday night football because before people didn't th- really think it was going to work. Amazing to think about that. Yeah. That that they didn't think primetime football would work. But then kind of a similar thing, if we're talking about news magazines, you have to put 60 Minutes on that list too. Mm, right. Which has been airing continuously since 1968. Yeah, I just, I don't really consider those, put those in, but you're absolutely right about the importance of Monday Night Football and just how many people tune in. Right. And now, think, I mean, as the audience has become more fractured, it's ne- sports have never been more important because all these shows we're talking about the last 20, they have, rel- believe it or not, have relatively narrow audiences compared to back in the day, back in the, when MASH was on and Cheers was on. So what has maintained its audience the most? It's football. I mean, how, how many years in the past decade has Sunday Night Football been the number one show? 
And now it's interesting with Thursday night football taking the big check from Amazon that kicks in. What is that going to do to viewing habits on a Thursday night? Have Are we now at a point where the most watched live program is going to be something that's available only via a stream? Mm. And that's why... Uh, and 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 that's why Amazon Prime getting Thursday night football for itself is potentially a game changer. Yeah. Because if they get the numbers and the audience that they certainly expect to get, certainly the audience, uh, certainly what they're paying for, then like once again the landscape is going to change and frankly then Thursday night football on Amazon when it's streaming only outside of the home about of the home and away team markets is going to be as important probably to the evolution of the medium as Monday Night Football was when it came on the air in 1970. This is a, So Amazon getting that TNF contract is another potentially seminal moment in the history of television. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great point, Macy. He also goes on and says, The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. Ooh. I just love the three-ring drafts. Great listening. Keep them coming. So glad to hear Melbourne Bronco. Yeah, The Late Late Fer- Show with Craig Ferguson was terrific. And also... Uh, recently Conan O'Brien stepping away from uh, being on multiple times a week. Pour one out for him because uh, his, the show that he had, the first show they had on NBC before the ill-fated Tonight Show stint, uh, when it was the you know uh, when it was late night with Conan O'Brien in the in the twelve thirty p.m. Eastern time slot, eleven thirty Central and Mountain, uh, was tremendous, and I I I I loved watching that. I actually went to a taping of. The Cohen of Cohen O'Brien once. Oh, that's pretty cool. What a what a thrill that was, and of course, maybe the best moment in the history of late night television was, uh, and I put this on Twitter a few weeks ago, was um when Cohen O'Brien was interviewing Courtney Thorne Smith, and she was promoting a movie with that she was in with Carrot Top, and Norm Macdonald is sitting there, and of course, and he has some very smart assed like interjections. Like, you know, she's like title. She didn't know that like, uh, like she did, she didn't say what the title was. And, and then Norm's like, well, you know what? If it's a movie with Carrot Top, you know what it's called? What? Box Office Poison. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then it go it goes on. It, it go like, it, it kind of goes on from there. Like she talks about how like she made out with Carrot Top in the movie. Mm-hmm. And she says, it's nine and a half weeks, but with Carrot Top. And then Norm McDonald's like, does that mean it's nine and a half seconds? Oh, my God. And the audience is in hysterics, and he, he's like, yeah, because Norm can kind of take it to another level. It's like, yeah, because the premature, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Wow. And oh, with that. It's, yes, it's, it's, it's a great, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen on a late night show. You can find it, it's on YouTube all over the place. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Conan, oh. Conan's great. Oh, yeah. LDJ, in my observations of the offseason thus far, there are three things I feel are neglected. Number one, if we trade for Rogers, the draft picks are a given. They need all the draft capital possible to get their next QB if Jordan Love isn't it. But Broncos country has to be realistic. Either Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton is gone. And I don't see Chubb gone. I see Fuller or Callahan or both gone. Their two biggest contracts they got to extend are Jair Alexander and Devontae Adams. They're going to cost a ton. Why not get Fuller, Callahan, and Cortland and Judy as insurance? They help you win now. That has to be a part of the trade package Unfortunately, just one thing though, kind of jumping in on that LDJ, you just named three guys, Fuller, Callahan, and Sutton. You just named three guys that are in the last year of their contracts. Right. And Callahan is injury prone. Unfortunately, 
I don't think Bryce Callahan has much value. I don't even think Kyle Fuller, as good as he is, has a lot of value in a deal. If they were getting a corner, I hate to say it, the guy that the Packers would probably want would be Pat Sertan. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you you, you got to look at young too, right. because they would be going young while they may like uh, their quarterback and Jordan Love. They know mm. that they're going young, so they would want young guys. Yeah, and, and so that's why we talk about Jerry Judy, Cortland, Bradley Chubb, even Draymond Jones. Right. Yeah, somebody who's young, but he's got two years left on his deal. Bradley Chubb has two more years left of team control. Last year of his rookie contract, and then the fifth year option's already been picked up. Mm-hmm. So. Think in terms of guys who have at least two years left on their deal or two years of control. Right. Yeah. So anyway, LDJ continues. Number two is entire is entirely too early to be pessimistic about Drew. What if all the Drew apologists are right? Because we did see growth from Drew toward the end of the season. It's, it's just Cortland's rookie year when DT was gone and Manuel got hurt and Cortland had his shot. He couldn't get separation. He looked like a borderline Nikhil Harry in those last couple of games of his rookie season. And it bled over into camp the next year. Do people forget that? His camp was so mediocre. We shrugged off that first Raider game. It took us almost week seven. The insane catches Cortland was making in that Chiefs game before we started to believe, wow, screw his camp. This dude is the real deal. Let Drew prove it. The speculation is just so early for me. The third I'll say for another time, I'm cramming in thoughts for my weekend. For Sorry for the long one, though. One thing about Locke, though, that you have to consider is this. If he emerges... What level does he reach? Because if he's going, if he's going to be a top ten quarterback, then by all means, sign the check. But what if his growth takes him to kind of that second or third tier, where maybe he could emerge, maybe he couldn't, and and if he doesn't become a viable long term guy, that's where you're left holding the bag on a big deal that doesn't real that that is something that's an anvil that weighs down your roster, kind of like the Joe Flacco contract, weighed down the Ravens. And that's kind of the big risk. You want Drew to be either great or terrible. You don't want it. In between is where you get into the danger zone of whether you give him the extension after his fourth season or not. Yeah, and with comparing him to Cortland, I don't think it's a really fair comparison at all. While Cortland did struggle those last four games, I think the questions that that brought up was, okay, is Cortland ready to be a number one receiver at the beginning of next year. And I think those were fair questions. And like you said, he, he, he was slow coming out of the gate, but his rookie season makes for a second round wide receiver rookie. Yeah. It was really good. 704 yards, four touchdowns, only a 50% catch rate. But I don't think anyone was questioning whether Cortland Sutton was good after that year. Everyone was very encouraged, a little disappointed in the slow finish, but also he was a rookie mace. And so he mm. got that benefit of the doubt as well. Drew was on his second year last year. So also, I just, I don't really like that comparison. Different positions, different parts of their career as well. Uh, And then Cortland certainly bounced back last year. If Drew comes out this coming year and has a season equivalent to Cortland, what Cortland did in 2019, 72 catches, 1,112 yards, I think that's going to surprise a lot of people because that would mean that Drew is one of the, you know, he's a top 10 quarterback. Mm -hmm. And then you absolutely sign him up. You'll love it. But I just, I, I think it's hard to say that Drew's just going to take that jump just with not much behind you. Yeah, and the other thing you kind of have to, to look at and say is, okay, with Drew, look, his form first for the first two years, kind of adjusting for era, it's, um, it's near the bottom. It's in the bottom tier of quarterbacks over the last 50 years post-AFL-NFL post merger. And then you look at Cortland Sutton, for example, and and where he, and where he stacks up, up up over the last 
couple over the first couple of seasons of his career, and he's among the better receivers over the first two years of his career. So you're talking you're talking about comparing somebody who empirically was among was among the best at what he did in the first two years versus somebody who empirically has been down closer to the bottom. Right. Right, and so I, I don't think it's crazy to expect Drew to be better this year if he wins the job, but you just may want to temper your expectations about him being equivalent to what Cortland was his second year in the league. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great way of putting it. You just have to be, you have to be reasonable right. about what you, what you expect him to be. And again, they're, they're, they're just in two diff- they're, they are in two different, uh, different territories in terms of how accomplished a player they are. I mean, you know, Cortland's got 1,800 plus receiving, you know, had 1,800-plus receiving yards in his first two seasons. And guys that were in that range historically, after two years, uh, the guys that are immediately around him include, like, Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson is the guy just below him, and Keen Allen is the guy just above him in terms of yard, receiving yardage in years one and two combined. For a second-round pick. Right. That says a lot, and that says a lot. And that's different company than the company that uh, that— Drew Locke keeps right. after two years. Right. Mace, next one's for you. He's missed you. Yeah. Well, I, I, I missed being on, even though I had a very relaxing week, and I think I needed the week. I, I did miss talking to you guys. And Count Lockula says, who is the best backup on the roster, non-rookie, and why should they be starting? Make your case. You can't choose the same guy as the other hosts. Okay, how are we defining backup? Well, I'll throw a name out. I'll tell you if he's a backup. Okay, for example, uh, well, it's non-rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, is Ron Derby going to be a backup? Not right now, he's okay. not. All right. Uh, just, okay, so. I'll go Tim Patrick. Okay. Mace, I think he's a 1,000-yard receiver on uh, on mm-hmm. many teams if he's starting. And right now, technically, I guess he's a backup. And you know what? To kind of piggy off the point that LDJ made earlier, yeah, you don't want to trade Jerry Judy to Cortland Sutton. You are comfortable with it if you have to do it to get Aaron Rodgers because you have Tim Patrick. Right. If they say, okay, we want Cortland Sutton in last year of his deal, like it could be they say we want Jerry Judy and the Broncos say, well, what about Cortland Sutton? That becomes the compromise. But Tim Patrick makes it possible for you to include one of those receivers in a deal and not feel like you're gutting the receiving core. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's why, that's a great choice um, the one I'm going to go with is, uh, again, non-rookie. So I would have loved to have said Javante Williams, for example. Because mm-hmm. um, we don't know who the backup quarterback is at this point, okay. I'm going to go Malik Reed. Oh, he's a great one, Mace. Yeah. Great answer. Proved uh, last year that he can be a productive pass rusher and solid against the run. I really hope, and this is it kind of comes back to Vaughn Miller, if they like Malik Reed, Malik Reed is the wild card that maybe makes them think about not keeping Vaughn mm-hmm. because do they believe he's about to go on a Shaq Barrett-like trajectory? Right. And if they do, then they probably should find a way to keep Malik Reed and uh, at, a, at a relative discount compared to Vaughn Miller. If they believe that, they may not. Right. So. Right. I mean, if it's close, though, it's going to be an interesting conversation right. there. Mason, another guy you can throw out there who we talked about a little bit last week, Natani Muti. Uh, yeah. Just a guy who could have been a second-round pick, and as a guard, a second-round pick is huge. But there, there's some depth there at, across the roster. I mean, Cameron Fleming isn't great, but he's started, and if he loses out to Bobby Massey, he's a backup. Yep. And he can be, and he can be a, a good, a, a decent swing guy. Uh, 
And uh, Albert Okwebuna mm-hmm. is somebody you could say, not a rookie's. Now, the thing is, he's got to learn how to block. Mm-hmm. And losing the time in the offseason because recovering from the ACL probably means that development as a blocker is going to be delayed for another year. Right. Exactly. And last one coming in from some people call me the Space Cowboy. Great episode of Three Ring, gents. Zach, I love the show, Chuck. It was heartwarming, funny, action-packed, spy thriller. I mean, come on, guys. What more could you want? I totally agree with you. Is Chuck, does it have enough of a cult audience to where we could have a Chuck revival? Oh. uh, How about a Chuck movie? There was talks of that. A Chuck movie. Yeah, I think right before COVID, there were talks of it. So, And I don't know if COVID messed that up or slowed things down, but maybe we can get one going. I mean, think of all the, the shows that they brought back in some form, either as a Netflix series or whatever. If Chuck does have that cult following. Mm-hmm. Wow. I need to watch it. Let's do it. What's where, where is it streaming? Um, that's a good question. It wasn't streaming anywhere a couple of years ago. I think it was on Netflix not too long ago. Oh, but I probably missed out on it. I'm not sure. Hopefully, it's still there. All but right, uh, probably definitely on NBC's uh, Chuck uh, backlog. Chuck TV show. Prime. It's on Amazon Prime Video hey, right there now. There we go. There we go. Maybe hey, I'll how about that? <laughs> Love it. Hmm, all right. <laughs> All right, if I, if I watch it, should I watch it from the start? Yeah. Okay, so it's not like it's going to, it, it throws you off at, at the start and it becomes something different. You want to, because right. like some shows, I say if you really want to appreciate, you actually start like a season in. Oh, yeah, no, not, not with Chuck. Like I would tell somebody with Curb Your Enthusiasm, for example, if they were starting today, I wouldn't start season one kind of rough around the age. I would start on season two or season three. Oh, okay. And with Seinfeld, I would not start on season one at all, or not even season two. I would start at three. Okay. Where it re- where the show really starts to kind of figure out the tone. Like the like sometimes the first episode, like it's so wildly different because it's a pilot and they end up testing things out yeah. and you have different actors playing roles and they don't work. And Seinfeld's an example of that. Right. So, Start the show with the first episode, not always. Yep. Well, that's a good point. But yeah. yes, you, you do hear. He goes on and says, there were so many good shows to choose from. A seven-round draft would have been full of great shows. I'm surprised Friday Night Lights, Grey's Anatomy, or Star Trek didn't Star make it. Star Trek was one I thought about, too. Mm. Specific, and I, I like The Next Generation. Um, I like Deep, Deep Space Nine as well, in particular. Um, but the original series, kind of the, the classic that launched it all. And... I've actually gone back and rewatched a lot of those original series episodes in the last couple of years. I'm surprised at how well some of the themes of them hold up. Oh, interesting. And actually are probably just as relevant now as they were back in the late 1960s. Because being a sci-fi show set, you know, out in in the reaches of space in the in the you know, 300 years in the future meant that they could kind of take on some social things allegorically speaking that other shows couldn't. And in this time we're in, I think there are things that start a lot of things that Star Trek had to say that are relevant today. Yeah, it's a really good point. He goes on and says, uh, my sleeper picks would have been Firefly or Community. That yeah. said, onto my Broncos note, I'm looking at quarterback traits and, con- and have come up with a list of attributes to rank quarterbacks in no particular order. One, arm talent, throwing accuracy, throwing power, and throwing mechanics are included in that. Two, physical talent, which includes footwork, durability, speed, size, strength. Three, Mental talent, which includes work ethic, maturity, courage, per- perseverance, leadership, intelligence, and pocket awareness. If you were a quarterback draft, Scott, how would you evaluate the mental talent? 
Anything to add or subtract from the list? Sorry for the long comment. Well, first and foremost, for me, mental talent, as you put it, would be number one by far on this board for me. Absolutely. That's the first attribute. That's why it's always interesting when we start talking about, like, quarterbacks. Like, there are some pundits that are in love with some of the guys that have physical talent, and yet a lot, like, people, I think it was a, a, I forget who wrote it in the last 10 days or so, talked to to some executives, and basically the guy that popped out was Sam Howell. And Sam Howell of North Carolina, there's nothing impressive about him physically. He's got a good deep ball. He's got a good deep arm, but it's not like he's got a rocket launcher. But the things that that stand out about him are maturity, leadership, intelligence, and and, and kind of the the feel for the rush, the ability to kind of feel and and get away and, uh, and extend plays. And so... That's why there's there's sometimes a difference between just kind of the film and then what how it ends up going. So mental is number one, clearly. Um, and actually, the one thing of the attribute, the one thing it's kind of missing here, even though it kind of goes hand in hand with intelligence, is eidetic memory, otherwise known as photographic memory. Right. And that's yep. something that, for example, Pat Mahomes possesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baker Mayfield, it was one of his attributes coming out that you could kind of show him something. It would just click with him. Uh, Trey Lance reportedly has that same sort of uh, sort of memory that he can kind of see something, see a play, and it's going to stick. And so these are things that I think are they're more they're really more important than any of the physical. And then within these things, arm talent, like like for the arm talent that uh, that is mentioned here, throwing accuracy, throwing power, throwing mechanics. Honestly, I would rank that as accuracy one, mechanics two, power three. I agree. And you, if you have the power but you don't have the accuracy and mechanics, it makes it, it makes it difficult. And I hate to say it, but it's it's something that uh, Drew Locke is working on. Like because Drew Locke ha- clearly has the throwing power. But the accuracy is in question, and the mechan- and the mechanics kind of help lead to the accuracy as well. On the physical talent, footwork, I would almost kind of put up there with the arm because that's with the mechanics and accuracy because that's that's a big part of it as well. Um, in the physical talent, I'd say probably the most important thing is uh, strength and durability, more more than speed, strength, durability, and footwork more than speed and size, because we've seen that you don't have to have the if you don't you don't have to have the size if you have a lot of the other things going on. Yes, too. you certainly don't. We have learned Sorry. that, haven't we, Mace? <sighs> the hard way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Zach? Uh, I I totally. I mean, w- without a doubt, the the mental is number one for me, and and I think you evaluate that a number of ways. You put him on the board during the the draft process. Mm-hmm. You talk to his coaches. You talk to his his. Uh, teammates, but then also you watch the tape and it's pretty clear if he's hitting his first read and only looking at his first read and only first read, first read, or if he's looking and scanning the field. I don't think it's that difficult to evaluate that. You just do have to evaluate. Okay, so he has it in college. Will he make that jump to the NFL? That's why the draft process is so important because I don't care what a guy's 40 is. I don't care about any of that. It's about getting in these interviews with them, seeing how mature they are. Uh, And that's done with research in the past. And then also it's done with just getting to know these guys. Yeah. And I think the Broncos quarterback competition right now is an interesting illustration of this because Teddy's strengths are on the mental side. Mm -hmm. And Drew's strengths are on the physical side. I mean, you you see it when they throw side by side. Drew has velocity and power that Teddy does not possess. Right. Period. 
but Teddy's also able to drop it into windows that Drew has struggled to do in it, to, to do so, even in practice. And that's, again, the side-by-side comparison is fascinating because it, you really do have two quarterbacks who have two completely different sets of strengths. Yep, you're right, Mason. If you want to work on your mental side of your game, make sure to check out our presenting sponsor, our friends over at MSU Denver Online. They're the new urban online university with learning outcomes equivalent to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities, but MSU Denver delivers. They have great gen eds taught by real people, great completion options, full programs, and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation. They're the preeminent online university in the Rocky Mountain region, so whether you're online or on campus, campus it's all the same to them their students do just as well online as they do in person which means you get the same degree while continuing to live your life and mace thank you for continuing to live your life with me today on the pod and thank you all so much for tuning in with us today for andrew mason i'm zach stevens we'll be back tomorrow on the dnvr broncos podcast have a terrific week